0: This is Trapping Anonymous. My name is Chris Styles. We are back. We are back. Thank you, everybody, for helping us keep the movement moving. You know, I can't even um, thank anybody, everybody enough. We have um, just been growing so much lately, and you know, we just giving y'all the stories that y'all love. I'm just happy more eyes and more ears are getting in tune and getting able to touch this product because I feel like it's so special, it's so significant to our culture and what it, what we're all about. Um, my next guest. And this brother came here from Atlanta um, Drove up here for Trapping Anonymous To just give you just the extent of how important his work is And the work that we do here is uh, Don't forget to follow that Trapping Anonymous on Instagram At Chris shout out to Breakbeat Media Of course, uh, if you want to listen to that podcast on Apple, Apple Podcasts Tap in, you can download it, listen to it on the trains, do what you gotta do Do remember that the stories that you hear do not necessarily reflect real life. They hit entertain, Uh, educate or just keep your little homie off the streets. Uh, It's on entertainment. Please don't get me indicted. My name is Chris Stiles. Let's get it. What's up, man? What's going on? Oh, man. Thank you so much for being here, of course. Um, I'm sure you checked out some of my episodes beforehand. I'm grateful that you did, but I like to jump right into them. How did you get locked up? How did you get locked up?
1: Uh, one night, uh, jumped in the whip with my cousin, two of his homeboys, I was the youngest at the time, everybody was probably like nine, ten years, eight, nine, ten years older. Um, He told me we had to take a ride, you know, he was trying to make a move, that's Mm -hmm. what he said. I was a little cousin, being loyal, Mm -hmm. Um, and we went, you know, we went and hit a spot. I was the driver. Um, How old were you? At the time, I was 19.
0: 19 years old? Yeah and you're hanging out with these, these older guys. Yeah. Hit a spot, what, what exactly, what did you, you, you guys do?
1: Uh, they were sticking up spots. They mm-hmm. were robbing. I was a driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I drove for about six different robberies at the time, documented. Um, yeah. I was you know, the younger family member trying to be loyal, you know, just trying to make my way with them. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah.
0: What kind of money did you make out of this at 19? Man,
1: maybe a few thousand, man. A just, yeah, that's it at best yeah so they running in spots. Mm-hmm. is there any casualties, or
0: is it or do they have to have nah. discharge their weapons, or do people just typically like you know are here take
1: the money? Yeah, no casualties. um you know, at first, we were going with BB guns, you know that was the plan, you know, um, so nobody could get hurt, nobody ever got hurt physically, but you know for for us, it was adrenaline. It wasn't even necessarily always a dollar amount. It was just, it was just making a move. You know, we are bored on a Thursday. Let's go see what we can do.
0: So if you didn't get caught, you wouldn't have stopped?
1: Maybe that, but not other things. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, I mean, I was, I was always like one foot in, one foot out. Mm. I always thought that I was smarter than the streets when I was that age, you know? So I wasn't really, I was in a stick-up thing with them. But I was really into hustling, you know. That was really my thing. But at the time, had just moved out to DMV, um, that area, not knowing, trying to get money, you know, that type of thing. So.
0: so out of six stickups, you only made a couple thousand dollars?
1: A few thousand, that's it. Yeah, and once you split it up, yeah.
0: And are, are these like convenience stores that they're robbing?
1: Yeah, a few of them. A few of them were stores or restaurants, you know, some people, what. Like I said, it, it, there was really no plan, no strategy. It was it was a bunch of younger. Well, for me, we were still younger. You know, nineteen to, to the older twenties or whatever. We just thought we were invincible. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So the sixth time you mm-hmm. get caught.
1: Yeah. Well, something like that. What happened? Uh, my co-defendants at the time, or like you know, whatever. According to the case, ended up getting um, a disturbance call. To their apartment, it was a fluke situation, as they say. Um, baby crying, neighbors hear weeds or smell weed smoke. They call the police to making a uh, you know a complaint. They go to his spot. Um, cops smell the weed, hear the baby crying. now they got reason to you know enter the dwelling. Yep. Um, And then he had kept a money bag from one of the crimes, but we we don't. I never talked to the guy after that didn't know it, couldn't figure out why he was keeping souvenirs, but.
0: A money bag, so like the actual bag.
1: The, the money bag from like our first joint, yeah. And the police, the cops were searching, looking for the weed, they found the money bag, they hung on to it.
0: You know, that's one thing about crime. I, <laughs> I speak to a lot of people that have done a lot of things. Yeah. And one commonality that I, that I noticed is mm-hmm. the simple fact that people never get caught for like what they're doing. It's always very rarely, very rarely do people get caught. Like, OK, hands up, hands behind your back. Yeah, we right got you. Handed. You're busted. You yeah. know what I mean? It's always the little things that get you caught. Yeah, essentially.
1: Yeah. Facts.
0: So what happens after that?
1: Um, series of events. There was five of us total. Um, they went down first for sec- They actually went on a run. Once they had the money bag, police started doing the investigation of detectives. Um, and the indictment started coming. I was the last one to get indicted out the five. Um, people every, people huh? are talking. Oh yeah, every single one of them, every family members, everybody. Yeah. By the time they got to me, not that I was thinking that way, I turned down my opportunity they gave me. But there wouldn't have been anything for me to say anything, anyways.
0: What was what, what kind of what what did they do
1: for you? Oh, I could have went on day one. They slid the papers on me. They had my uh. You know the public—not de- day one, but once I got assigned an attorney, public defender came in there. They called me in. They're like, "Yo, we know you are the driver. It's all you got to do. That you go home right now." Slid the papers to me. To yeah. rat. Yeah.
0: And everybody it.
1: Yeah, no and, question. And you didn't. Nah. And they hit me because of that. <laughs>
0: and did you think you were being like loyal at that time, or did you just feel like you wasn't breaking no code? What?
1: For. Yeah, nah. For me, it wasn't even about loyalty. It was just what I stood on. yeah mm. It was. I just. I didn't want to be labeled. You know. I didn't. Not. You know. I'm 19. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm still thinking about reputation in a certain of way. Of course. Um. And I didn't want that. You know. Despite. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're just like, oh, fuck this. Oh yeah, I heard the tape. I heard the, the mixtape and everything. Yeah.
0: What some of the things that you
1: heard? Oh, they. You know, they tried to put me. With the gun, I never touched the gun, They, you know, uh-huh. but they tried to put me inside the building or whatever, and they just tried to twist the story, yeah.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: So when you find this out, number one, if you're going back in time, would you rat? Back in time? If you could go back in time, knowing how they gave it up, knowing street credibility is just Shit, it doesn't mean
1: anything, nah, especially not nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Um, a career wise, I could see like maybe like a rapper, yeah, not having to snitch for his reputation, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that he could still sell records, yeah. But like people on the streets, I mean, especially people that's yeah. snitching on you, like if you go back in time,
1: would you snitch looking at the whole situation? I mean, of course, the easy answer, I wouldn't have been there in the first place, but uh, absolutely, but after that, um. Like I said, I could have still snitched even though they were already talking. They still, you know, they had given me the out. So at that point, in that situation, knowing they were already talking, yeah, I probably would have agreed or disagreed yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, yeah.
0: Was there any respect for you standing tall? Did you did people did people respect you because of it?
1: Yeah, event, yeah. I mean, they, they respected me because they heard the story at the jail. You know, the, the papers are coming out. They're saying who's cooperating, who's not. Um, I come back from the court date. I got hit, with, you know, with my time, um, and it, it it continued into the prisons. You know, if you got a pretty high profile case or a case where your your name's in the news or whatever, and you stand up, it it'll come, it'll follow you. How long did they give you? I got uh, originally sentenced to 144 years. They suspended everything but 19. Yeah, uh, at the age of 19.
0: 144 years at the age of 19. When you heard that verdict. If you could bring yourself back to that moment, mm. what was hearing that verdict like? Back then, mm-hmm.
1: it's crazy, right? Um, you know, I didn't touch a gun. I was the driver, but they didn't have conspiracy charges in VA. That's where I was at. Mm. Didn't know that. Um, but I guess about that whole situation, I got my time. I'm in the I'm in the courtroom because I didn't, um, you know, take the 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 plea or the offer. They pushed my court date up one morning. I didn't even know I was going to court that morning. Uh, I get there, it's like early, 6, 7 before they start rolling. My my lawyer's in there, and he's like, yo, I can get you 35 years to do. What? It's just straight up like that. That's all they were trying to offer. So I looked at my lawyer. Yeah. You're public defender. He's not even trying. No, nah, we know. Yeah, but we know. Okay. Yeah, we know all about that. Yeah, it's, no, but it's real. It's though. heartbreaking. But it, it's again, heartbreaking. it's because I turned down. Yeah. So I'm already expecting. But um I'm looking at him and I'm like, "Yo, I can't do 35. I'm 19." So he looks at me, literally he's like, "Well, you got to we got to tell him something." I'm like, "What well, what you mean?" He's like, "Man, just what what should I tell him?" He's talking to a 19-year-old kid at the time. So at that moment in time, I got about 30 seconds literally to figure out how much time I'm willing to sacrifice for my life, you know, to make them happy and still get home for a second chance. So I just told her, I was like, man, get me home before I'm 40. Yeah. I didn't have a plea. I didn't have nothing to sign. And even then it was, it was was Russian roulette because it was just a request.
0: And they honored it.
1: They honored it, yeah. What? Yeah. My mother was in there she stood up. It's the first time I had gotten in trouble. I was actually I was prior military. I had gotten in trouble, you know, messed up when I was in the Air Force. But I had some things, you know, going. But yeah, they honored the request for whatever that's worth.
0: You think if you would have went lower, you would have gotten lower?
1: I don't know because when I was in the jail, I was I was watching. I watched a young kid from Philly. He was sixteen. He got a life sentence. Him and his homeboy for sticking up the pizza man. So you know, I'm in I'm in a, a racist town essentially. You know. Um, and I'm watching people that look like me, my age, which is still going on, obviously, and I'm watching them get numbers, so it was, it was the best number I knew to throw out there. It was crazy, and it it might not have made sense to anybody else, but I was like, if I get home before I'm 40, I can still, I can create a life, I can do, you know what I mean? And I knew how serious the charges were, especially where I was at.
0: What age did you get out?
1: Uh, I came home at 36. Uh, Wow. uh, your mother's reaction, the court's
0: reaction when they sentenced you, like, what, what
1: was it like? Um, Man, mother's reaction, hands down, like, the moment I, when the cops came, mm-hmm. they, they went to my grandmother's first. They kicked the door in. I knew they were there. I looked at my mother. I came a little bit later. They told me what happened. I told my mother. I was like, man, just let's go. And she was like, where are you going? I knew I wasn't running, so... When I went to the police station, whatever they cuffed me, I remember her screaming, and she was like, "I just want to hug my son," mm. and she was just screaming. Detectives, they were, you know, they were holding me back and trying to make a scene and all that, and finally they let her hug me, mm. and I just remember I couldn't hug her back. That's what I mm. remember about that whole. Before mm. I got the time, before all that was like the first time, I wasn't be I wasn't able to be there for her. She ended up having a nervous breakdown. She back, you know, she shook back, but it hit hard. Yeah. The time she still with me, you know, in the courtroom, all that, but
0: yeah. That cell block closes. You're in your first night. Mm-hmm. What was going through your mind? You like, I got 17 years.
1: Yeah. You, the very first night, they could have let me back out. I would have never been back, you know, the in, in, with anything within my control. But I just remember prior to that you know i'm used to moving around and you know whatever you know i got my girlfriend i'm living life and then boom it's gone
0: do you want vengeance with your cousin with with these people like you, oh if i see them it's on
1: like what i ran into one of them mm. yeah i what, ran into him.
0: what was that like
1: uh i had ups on him could have had him i seen him it was funny he didn't know i got transferred back they had me on an enemy hold, or basically that's where somebody can say they don't want you on a, a specific camp with them, but they slip up, you know. They don't, And uh, I ended up getting sh- sh- shipped back to a camp they had just shipped me back off of, and I knew it was, it was a, something in the system, and I knew he was there. Mm-hmm. And I seen him walking, you know, one day he was walking from the child hall, and I'm on the basketball court, they open the gate, and I come up right behind him. You know, I got my, you know, I got my banger or whatever. And I'm like, I, I was like, I was waiting for this. Cause that's what mm. I wanted. Mm. Like, I wanted every one of them. I cut everybody. like, 'cause cause that was the side of me, you know, that I mm-hmm. just wasn't good. Um, tapped him on the shoulder. You know, he looked up when he turned around. He was, man, he was like, he seen a ghost. Mm-hmm. He was shook. He started apologizing immediately. Uh, and that gave me peace right there. Wow. I, I could have had him, but I I seen fear, and this mm-hmm. is somebody he was affiliated. You know, I could have exposed him, which eventually he got exposed for being a rat. You know, yeah. Yeah,
0: you never you never really get away from it. Whatever you do no, in this life, it comes
1: right? out. It comes no out. No matter what. Yeah.
0: You never really get away from it. Yeah. How old were you at that time when you actually ran into him? When I ran
1: into Anthony, I think I was like 25. I was still. Wow. I was still young, but I, it was hard But it still, harbored it, for six years. Oh, yeah, it was harboring. Yeah. Okay, so
0: you get this sentence. mm mm-hmm. in You're in prison now. Yeah. And When does it get real? Like, oh, shit, I'm in jail.
1: Jail was cool. Really? Yeah, jail was all right. Uh, I, kinda, I got in, like, two squabbles, two fights. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody goes through that. And, you know, I held myself down. The other out-of-towners started you know, rocking with me, because I was from out of town. Mm -hmm. And that was all right. Well, when I got shipped to prison, I went, I got shipped straight to a Supermax, Sussex 2, level four. It's like, at the time, 18 and six. It's everybody's ganged out. Everything's segregated, cities. Third day, I was there. Uh, Five guys from one of the cities out there, Richmond. They wanted whatever I had, which was nothing, because I just came from the jail. And that was my that was my introduction to prison right there, you know. They jumped you. Yeah, they jumped me.
0: How bad was it?
1: I, mean, I held it down. I had yeah. to I had to go to medical. That was actually a, it was crazy because that propelled me, you know, into the journey of prison. I went to medical. I didn't tell. I had to sign a waiver so they could put me back in the block. It literally said if anybody takes your life, we're not responsible because they give you the option.
0: So after they jumped you, you said put me right back in it.
1: Oh yeah. Why? I was an angry young man. I was, I was different back then. Like, you know, I was just different. Did they
0: respect you after that? Or was it?
1: Yeah, the old heads. Uh, I went straight to the to the big dogs of the old heads in their city, and I was like, I need to see all of them one on one. You said that. Yeah, cause we're in prison, and I'm, I know what it is, and I'm on a max. I'm not on a low level. I'm not on a road camp. I'm, I'm. You know, they kill you up here. Or you, if you don't do something, you're gonna end up praying the whole time. Hmm. And you can't run. Anywhere you go, they, you know.
0: So did, you, did they honor it?
1: Yeah, they honored it.
0: And you shot the one with every single person that jumped you?
1: Over the course of about three days, yeah. We had two guys um, that had respect for me that they didn't like what happened. A Couple of other cities, you know, they started to back me. Out of towners, they they will hold the sword to sell down. Their guys would help, you know, hold the cell down and... Got it on. Yeah, so over about three days, yeah.
0: D- was this like an outlet for you to get your fear and your frustration and your anger out? Do you feel like that? Or do you just feel like you were just trying to earn your respect and nah. making sure it didn't happen again?
1: Um, I was always angry. Really? Yeah, there was a side of me growing up that was always angry. Uh, got kicked out of high school, but that's how I ended up in the military. But... Even in that way, I was like, oh, I want to fight. I was just an angry, you know, teenager growing up in Chicago or whatever, and it it translated into adulthood. Growing up, your
0: parents, what were their relationship like?
1: Uh, Pops Mexican, mother black. They were rocking, you know, but Pops was in and out. In jail? Yeah, well, you know, the bottle, Uh uh, another woman, whatever, Uh you know. So when those periods he would go, that's when we fall financially. You know, mom's working two, three jobs trying mm-hmm. to hold, you know, hold it down. Mm-hmm. I'm out there exploring the city, but, you know, they did their thing. Mother, Mom do especially, but, yeah.
0: And siblings?
1: Um, two sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two older sisters, but they were already out the house. He was the baby? Yeah, I was the baby boy, yeah. Oh, wow. And the only boy, yeah. You could do no wrong. Yeah, uh, to this day.
0: To this day, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was rough pretty much growing up. Um,
1: yeah. Are you in the ghetto? Or are you in the suburbs? No, nah, I mean, at first we, we had a nice house, cul-de-sac. Um, we in the suburbs outside of Chicago. And then, you know, things started going downhill. We lose the house and we go to a townhouse, an apartment, and then we on Gunnison Ave. We on the south side. So, you know, I, I had a little bit of all, but yeah, it went downhill. So from the
0: suburbs to the projects?
1: Yeah, essentially, yeah.
0: Um, I don't know. This is so unfortunate when you hear mm. these these stories, but there there's always an origin. Oh yeah. You know they don't they don't just happen.
1: Yeah.
0: So you go you're in this you're in this prison you're in this new environment. Mm-hmm. You're fighting for your respect you're earning your respect mm-hmm. you're getting your frustration out. What was. That first ten years, like what was that first five years like? That that was there a sense of normalcy? Did you feel like oh, okay, this is just what it is, or did you have those points where you was like, yo, I can't do this no more. I need to be home. I need to find a woman. Like, you know, yeah. I,
1: When when I was caught up in the in the anger and the you know the cycle, I didn't care. Prison was home. I'm here. You know, I'm a I'm a bit. I'm a, this. I'm gonna do my bid. I'm gonna get money. I'm a, but when I started snapping out of, you know, growing up, maturing, yeah, I had those thoughts.
0: What age did that happen, that maturity part? Yeah,
1: some of the older brothers, uh, they pulled up on me, you know, one day. Um, five percenters, they pulled up on me. Nation guys, they was like, Brother Willie, my man, Poet, they was like, yo, you don't even know who you are. Mm. And they were like
0: what's the old head hit you with that yeah when the old head hit me with that i was like
1: i was like yeah you like hold you know. what you mean by that yo? yeah but he said it cool you know what i'm saying he course. was like he's like, man you know and he hit me with that and i was like okay and that's when the change you know I was getting around some brothers that have been doing 20 30 years or and were focused and helping so yeah that's when the shift came
0: who were you what did what did he tell you
1: oh he said well um he was just like, man, go start, go building, start building with the, those brothers over there. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the 5%ers. Mm-hmm. Got over there, was building with them, mm-hmm. got knowledge of self, mm-hmm. and just started traveling. But ultimately, in that conversation, he was like, man, you got influence. You know how to communicate. People listen to you, and you're in prison. He's like, you got potential, yeah. but you're going the wrong way. yeah.
0: yeah. It's, it's sort of ironic, right? Mm-hmm. You have these people... That are in prison, yeah. And obviously, they just made a mistake in their life, or you know, they just had a life of crime at some point in their life.
1: Yeah.
0: And they're just so insightful. They're just so it's like, well, how, how the hell did you end up here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, do yeah. you Thanks. do you have that sort of like realization? Like, I ain't listening to you. You here just like me. You know what I mean? Or do you ever think about that?
1: I mean, at that time, at that time. Nah, because I would see prisons like the streets. Mm. You see certain individuals that they don't have respect. They don't get money. They don't have influence, you know. And then you see the other ones in prison where they, you know, they can move. You know, they tell the door to open, it opens, they get money, they got. So I always would pay attention to those guys, whether they was negative, whether it was the positive, whatever it is, just the guys that were doing something. and I would, you know, I would accept conversation. I, th- I was cocky back then, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I was big head, so a lot of it was just challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, challenging what they were saying. Yeah. What age was this? Uh, this happened, I would say, like 26, 27, when I really started getting, like, knowledge of self and all that.
0: Yeah, you know, that's that's when that third eye opened up, that yeah. pineal gland.
1: Yeah, and you really after, 20, yeah. after 25. After yeah, yeah.
0: 25, that's when that frontal lobe cortex yeah. develops. And they say that we're able to reason. Yeah. Before then, you know, we you take risks, we don't care. Blah, 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 blah. But after 25 is sort of like when a man, a mm. woman could learn, okay, the risk versus the reward. Yeah. Which is an ill concept to even think about, that yeah. it takes that long for you to understand Yeah, sort of if this is worth it or not.
1: Yeah. And you got 19-year-old kids in the courtroom, don't even know who they are, trying to figure out how much time to, to throw out there. Yeah. Wow. Um, so it's safe to say that you wasn't even
0: thinking about getting out. You wasn't even thinking about your end date. You was just like, "Yo, this is what it is. I, I'm I'm getting to it. I'm thugging." I'm,
1: yeah, it, I, it is what it is. Seventeen years or nineteen years. I'm looking at eighty five percent. I'm like, I can get home at seventeen, but I got to get home at seventeen. I got to stay safe in seventeen. I got to yeah. not get sick in seventeen. I'm yeah. looking at not lose my mind and yeah. so I couldn't get caught up in going home. Not when you got a decade plus. You got it, yeah.
0: What was one of the most terrifying things about prison for you? This young, angry, not scared of nothing, you know, but what do you, what would you say most traumatized you in there?
1: I mean, I was, you know, I'm, I ain't gonna say I wasn't scared of nothing, but I'm gonna say the wake-up call or traumatizing moment is I lost a buddy of mine, brother Anthony. You know, we in the dish room one day, you know, laughing, he getting ready to go home in 10 days. They move him across the yard. About a week later, I get word. um, He's got, you know, some issues or whatever down there. We trying to send word like, what's going on? You about to go home. He's got some debts on the yard. He's supposed to, you know, pay up. We're on the yard one day and all the yards are isolated. So each pod is on a different yard, but I can see him I'm talking to him through the fence. And all of a sudden a group of guys, came in the CO let him let these guys on boom he's like hold on bro and he goes in the corner they start talking to him we can't see because we're on the artist loud, but we can see they start jumping him after they jump him if you ever seen somebody that's been knocked out on their feet like they could still but they don't they don't know what happened you mm-hmm. know and he's following him and we can hear him he's like why y'all why y'all do that to me why you do that to me um and the guy said one of the guys was like man stop following me stop following me and he didn't stop following. Him. Nobody interjected. Nobody got in between. The guy turned around, hit him twice in the chest with his knife. Brother Anthony went down. This was a Saturday. He was supposed to go on Monday. Uh, the CO came out about 10 minutes later, started calling his name for via, uh, visitation. His family had came up there to see him, so they couldn't find him. They go down, they walk the fence line. He's leaned against the fence. When they tap the fence, he falls over. He's blue. It's over with it. So they lock the compound down. They tell his family that, like, um, you know, visitations canceled. There's been an incident, you know, in the prison, but they didn't tell him it was their people. And he died like two days, yeah. Two days before he went home over a five inch TV, black and white. Might have been color. What? Yeah, a dead old
0: he owed somebody a tv
1: yeah, he owed somebody a tv and decided to give it to his family member before he left and dude took his life over that mm-hmm.
0: what was your last conversation
1: man we was happy he had did 10 years you know he was a good dude he had his you know he had his things he battled but of course. yeah he was a good dude though we were uh, we were rapping chronic 2001 it throwback joint we was you know mm-hmm. what if we was just rapping that joint washing the dishes Talking trash, trying to get through the day, yeah. trying to get him home. Yeah. He was in countdown mode. What did that do to you? It made me realize I wasn't invincible. I could die in there over nothing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And he's probably just staggering. He's not even coherent at that point.
1: You No, he, he was. He
0: wasn't really trying to.
1: He was out on his feet. He yet. watched it. Yeah, his homeboys was there on the yard. Anybody could have stopped him. They could have said, hey, nah, I don't. They could have yelled something, anything, nobody. The dudes that did
0: it, was there any retaliation on them? Did you want to ha- harbor any of that, or did you sort of say, you know, I'm going to just...
1: That, there was no chance. And, it, you know, honestly, in that situation, in that setting, it wouldn't have been mine anyways to handle. It would have been his city or, the pe- you know, the people mm-hmm. that...
0: That's how it works in there.
1: Yeah, and... um but those guys, they ended up going, going down pretty quick. This, you know, everything, I talk about it. The CO went down for letting them on the yard. Mm. They went down, but what's crazy mm. is, yeah, the crazy part is the guy that took his life, he's home now after doing the extra time for taking his life. Man, man, bro, gone.
0: Yeah. I don't even, I don't even know because it's like the mentality that is brewing in there, <laughs> it's not regular.
1: Nah, not at all.
0: Everybody got something going on. Yeah. Something really, really going on. Yeah. So, maybe, in the civilian world, this sounds insane.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: But in prison, this this shit happens every day. It's
1: life. It's life. life. People get killed over the phone, Mm -hmm. microwave, Mm -hmm. the shower line. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah.
0: Was that sort of like your hardest point in prison, or did you did you also did you also have like another breaking point? I mean, seventeen years is a yeah. long, long time.
1: I spent I spent a decent amount of time in segregation, yeah. and you know, at twenty three and one lockdown, that was pretty tough.
0: What is that? Ex- explain yeah.
1: to to me
0: what exactly is it like twenty three and one?
1: Man, so in- twenty three hours in one cell. Well, it's more than that when you think about it. So I'll break it down to you real quick. I spent over three and a half years, well, no, excuse me, th- over three years, two months in segregation, um, isolation, the shoe. And how it is in VA is you and your cell all day, every day. You're allowed out your cell Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, one hour for a shower. And you can go stand in basically a dog cage so you can get some fresh air, some sun. But anywhere you move outside your uh, cell, you're you're in three-point restraints. Your wrists to your waist, and your waist to your ankles. And then the police, they put a dog leash clipped on the back of your your restraints, and they walk you to the shower, walk you to the yard. Everything outside of that, you're in a cell. You're not allowed to have anything but your mail, uh, one religious book, paper, envelope, stamps. How
0: big is the cell?
1: Six by nine. You could stretch your arms out, for real.
0: And you did three years in there?
1: Yeah, I got moved. Yeah, I got moved from one compound to another in over three years in yeah, total.
0: What did you do to get in there?
1: Um, it, you know, it was about four different times that made up that entire, but a couple of times it was fights. Most of the time it was uh, investigation. You know, things would go down on different compounds, being affiliated. Uh, just being in—somebody could mention your name, you know, on the phone. Um, you get money or whatever it is and they'll throw you in there and they'll forget about you. Yeah.
0: So you're just some things.
1: Yeah. 17 years. Yeah. yeah. It's a long time. Yeah.
0: And, um, I don't know how much we can blame on survival. True. You know? Yeah. A lot of it, I'm sure, is survival.
1: Yeah.
0: And then a lot more of it is just Yeah. mentality. Yeah. And sort of just the evilness that goes on in prison. No question. Do you think you deserve to be
1: there? Uh, Somebody asked me this question a few days ago. Yeah, I say that. I I think that's fair. I think, yeah, I did some things, right? Do I think I should've went there for 17 years? No. You know, just like so many other people, I think, yeah, but. Well, I'm
0: talking about the shoe. Do you think you deserve to be there for for three years?
1: No. I mean, if I could cut it in percentage, maybe like fifty percent of that time, yeah. But half of that time that I did in the shoe, it was word of mouth. It was somebody saying. It was suspicion. Were you
0: guilty of those things?
1: Uh, I was guilty of some things around those things, right? But not what they were were putting me back there. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I'm, 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 I'm going to move forward
0: with the interview, but I, I need to understand how yeah. do you stay 23 hours in a 6 by 9 cell? What do you do? Like, I just, I, I can't conceptualize. <laughs> yeah. Even when I hear about people going to the box and I hear about people, you know, doing time in these yeah. different things, yeah. I don't understand. I mean, I have an idea. I've seen, like, the movie with uh, the Central Park Five, I saw yeah. the kid sort of yeah was that like a good depiction of
1: like yeah, it's, it's 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 a fair it's a fair depiction everybody doesn't make it some guys go back there for 30 days and hang it up because mm. they can't make it mm. so it's it's a mental thing it's conditioning even back there i get into a routine when everybody was up i'd be asleep when everybody was sleep i'd be up so i could hang on to the quiet as much as i could had a couple old heads we played chess like like uh I don't know. Just yelling the moves through the doors. We have a board. That's kind of like, dope. We just survive, you know. Yeah, you you figure it. Yeah, out. Yeah, we smuggling books back there. We yeah. spitting game at the C.O.s so we can get commissary. Like, yeah. you turn it into your world if you a fighter. You yeah. you find a way. Yes, you do. Yeah, we you. Yeah. Okay, so talking about spitting game at the C.O.s. Yeah.
0: But, <laughs> <laughs> what about sex in prison? Um, yeah. I know there's like obviously a lot of homosexuality yeah. in there, yeah. was that something that you was uh, watching? Like some dudes you're probably looking at like, oh shit, I thought we, we was just yeah. playing ball.
1: Yeah, man, I always tell people, you know, if you're part of certain foundations, groups, etc., that's a no-go in prison. You hmm. know, if you blood-crip, Muslim, like, you can't do that, you know, hmm. there's penalties. So I was always connected to organize. You know, we didn't move like that, but in prison, it's there. You see it, and yeah, you'd see dudes one day that you thought was, you know, I don't want to say, you know, what I, you, you know, you thought they moving one way. No, I mean, and then yeah, and and you, <laughs> to you to know do. what I'm saying. And the next day, they moving the toe, and you just like, for real.
0: What's some things you've seen that stuck out in your head?
1: Man, I mean, the worst. Like no lie, we caught one of the one of the <laughs> one of our brothers. He was calling the boy Mecca. Like we found a note, and he tried to lie about it. And it's just crazy, bro. You know. And he was
0: sleeping with another dude, yeah. but he was just trying to code it in different ways. And then
1: going to the visitation room and hugging his wife and kissing his daughter on the forehead. And yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Hey.
0: And these these guys go back home and, you know.
1: I guess, I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I see some of them on the internet and I guess, you know, they back moving how they were first moving, I guess. I I stay out the way, bro. You like,
0: physically seen that? Some dudes you yeah, no saw behind
1: the wall. Oh man, I see one dude, yeah, yeah, no question. One like, dude what? I mean, he, he go from being hugged up with the his people, his boyfriend or whatever on the yard and then Getting married to his girl in the visitation room. You know, telling her he love her and start getting ready to start a life because he come home in a year. I have seen it all penitentiary. I mean, it's prison, man. It's the streets. Same thing.
0: What about the lady COs? Are they in there? You know, you always hear stories about uh, sort of... I, I actually, I think this was in Atlanta where mm-hmm. recently a, a woman had got... Mm-hmm. I think she was like sucking an inmate's finger or something like that. Yeah. Um, she had like ended up losing her job and stuff like that. Yeah. How common is that? The CEOs falling for the game and you know.
1: You, most of the prisons in the country and you put a bunch of dudes from the city or from wherever.
0: And these are the slick talkers, these yeah. are the fly dudes, you put these us, the get money dudes. Yeah,
1: you put us in a, in a prison block, a hundred of us, and then you put this one Female that never seen dudes like this getting money or whatever. She she ain't been outside her town, you know. Not everybody, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. They start picking. You ever caught one? Of course.
0: What was that relationship like?
1: Um, it was good. We're still friends, but I think at the time it, it was it was necessity. You know, mm-hmm. she she needed to accomplish some things, and I wanted to accomplish some things, and. We started rocking, yeah.
0: Where are you finding, where are you having sex with her at?
1: <laughs> it was, I mean, we, where I was at, working in staff dining, they didn't, you know, they don't have cameras and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they don't, you know, that's where the officers are at. And that's one of the trusted positions, mm-hmm. you know, in the penitentiary and I had, they trusted me. So I'm feeding the, the officers and laughing with them. Ah, and you know, the whole time, when they leave, the supervisor's in there, and we one-on-one, and uh, yeah. there's blind spots in prison, for sure. <laughs> for sure.
0: I could imagine. Yeah. Um, How long does this go on for? I
1: mean, all together, she ended up having to leave the prison. Um, one of my so-called homeboys started running his mouth, gossiping. You know, she, she walked out before they could take us down. All together, we rocked for about six years, though what yeah from inside the prison to her coming up there visiting what yeah then they're not like oh you can't come up here and visit him you
0: you at first yeah but they
1: shipped me they shipped me off the compound where we got put under investigation and she waited her period i think it was like 12 months or something they couldn't do nothing wow so you were
0: part of her losing her job
1: she was on her way out. She didn't want to stay there. Yeah. You know, it's it's dead-end work. A lot of those CO jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. she wasn't too pressed.
0: Well, okay. I'm sorry to get detailed, but it's just like- It's all good. There's like no condom. You don't have condoms. This is like unprotected sex. This is just like pulling out. This is like hoping she doesn't get pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You just chancing it. And then you don't know what she's doing back at home. You know what I mean? She could be doing- That's work.
1: probably, I mean, and no you know, no harm in this respect, but that's probably what kept me being reserved at times because that's the other thing. When you pull, as they say, when you pull some a female in there, that's the one everybody's going to be down on and you're paying attention and you're seeing if she likes the attention or not. And then mm-hmm. you're wondering what happens when she goes on. So, I mean, even when I was in there, I still had control and composure because I still didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to come home with no STD. And, mm-hmm. I definitely didn't think I want to, you know, respectfully. I didn't know if I want to advocate for her. Mm.
0: Yeah. What's the mis? What's the biggest misconception about prison or people that went to prison?
1: Misconception about prison is people need to understand is it really is like the streets.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you keep saying
1: that. Yeah, I keep saying that. If, if if you're a certain, if you got a certain mindset, if you're strategic and you know how to. You know, articulate yourself in that environment, you can accomplish whatever. You can get your hands on whatever, you can do whatever, you know.
0: I know you were jumped in prison. Mm-hmm. You ever jumped someone in prison?
1: Uh, I've been in squad. I've been, you know, two or three of mine and, you know, two or three of theirs or whatever, but I never really pushed nothing. I was never the initiator, not me mm-hmm. and mine. No. It's just
0: not really your character.
1: Nah, I don't like drama, man. It's just, even as angry as I was, it was like I was always just waiting for the opportunity. I wasn't really pushing at it or just walking. Yeah, That's probably why you're so
0: blessed now. I
1: think so. Um, What's your biggest regret? Hmm. I don't know if I have one, which is crazy. People ask me, how could I be at peace with the 17? And I think it coincides. I don't know if I have regrets either, because I feel like I ended up where I was supposed to be.
0: Hmm. Ever feel like you missed out on your life?
1: Yeah. You do. Yeah, at times I yeah. think about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think about I miss my whole twenties. Hmm. Yeah, I miss you know that's the year where everybody's partying and you know doing all that. So I, I used to think about that, but at the same time I remember my mother telling me you know she believes prison saved me. So I also think about maybe I wouldn't made it through my twenties. You know maybe this kept me. Maybe mm. she was right.
0: Maybe she was right. Yeah. What did you enjoy about prison? That may sound like a weird question, but
1: it's not though. Cause it, it was it's funny. Cause <laughs> weird questions is normal to me about prison. Cause it was seventeen years.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, man, I got brothers. Yeah. You know, I got I got real live live brothers, man. Like Jefferson, Ellie, and my man RZA, and you know, brothers that we don't been through things. You know, I was there when my man's mother died. You know, mm. held him up like we done, we broke. Noodles down like mm. so. That's that's the blessing in the midst of the curse. You find your brothers in the struggle mm. Mm.
0: Both of your parents still alive?
1: No nah, father passed mother still alive
0: your father passed while you were In prison.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: what was that like?
1: That was hard I still you know, still battle with that uh, Last time I seen him, you know as a young man prior to car, you know getting locked up. He was drunk and we got the you know, got the tussling, fighting, or whatever, and never got to apologize, never got to, you know. He was drunk, and
0: you and him start going at it.
1: Yeah. With each other. Yeah, prior yeah. That's in, the, the in the jail? No, 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 this is the last time I seen him before I got locked up and all
0: that. Oh, man. as a youngin'.
1: Yeah, and then he ended up passing. At what I was age? Locked up. Man, he ended up passing, when I was about 28, 29.
0: 28, 29.
1: Yeah. And that was the last time you spoke to him? Uh last time I had spoke to him was about five years prior to that. Mm. He had finally reached out one time. Mm-hmm. We were gonna try to talk about what happened and all that and then mm. yeah. he passed. Yeah. What did that do to you? Gave me a greater concept of time, appreciation mm. of life. Mm. You know, I lost him. Uh lost my grandmother not too long after. I started losing people that were close to me mm. while I was, you know, in there. Mm -hmm. It's always always
0: seems like it hits people 10 times harder than it would out here, you know what I mean? Just being, just missing things and just what if I could do this and fall victim to the what if game, you know what I mean? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Have you ever felt yourself doing, uh, playing that uh, what if, what if, what if?
1: (laughs) No, I feel like you go crazy because you can't do nothing about the other path. You know, you can't go back in time. You just got to keep going forward. For real.
0: Speaking about moving forward, um, you're married now?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, How did you and your wife
1: meet? (laughs) Met while I was still locked up. Wow. Yeah. I I was running a non-profit with uh, one of the good brothers I know. Reaching out, you know, outside organizations, just people to work on the outside. Got on a business call with her. Um, got introduced to some friends. I was doing some speaking seminars, some engagements already in prison for some colleges and...
0: Oh wow.
1: Yeah, she had heard about me and homegirl told her, told her i sing and all, you know, put me on the... You could sing too? I could sing a little bit, I ain't, I ain't like that. But I, sure. I, I I went with it though, you know what I'm saying, since <laughs> it, got me, it got me in the door, you know.
0: What, what was the first song you sang for her?
1: You know what, I, I just be singing to the radio. I need to really, I, but yeah, I got some. Our re-up our, 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 our five year yeah okay yeah
0: how, how do you know or how does she know it wasn't just jail talk you know a lot of people become yeah. real I love you baby like yeah. I swear to god when I get out of here I like... wasn't
1: like that I, w- I just got out of a six year a six year relationship and mm. it was exhausting it's hard to be in a relationship when you locked up mm. and your you're significant other that who you rocking with on the outside so I wasn't even looking for that but on a business call, before the end of the call, she was like, "Yo, can I pray for you?" yeah mm. Yo, when a woman pray for you, yo, it was over with. I swear, bro. It was over with. They don't know, like that's. Was... She was my wife right then. It was over with. Cause that's some real. <laughs> that's some real. Like, yo, yeah. you going what? Like and nobody, nobody pray- even said yeah. no ill
0: shit like that to me. What you yeah. mean you gonna pray for me? Like, yeah. and yeah. they really, yeah. No, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, indeed. Um. And. Were you always sort of like the commitment kind of guy, or do you think you became that uh, over the course of?
1: I've always been, growing up, I was always, I always had a girlfriend, you know, fiance, whatever, and I knew when I came home, ultimately, I was trying to build something, and my people that came home before me, they was running around, you know, trying to play the streets, the clubs, whatever, they was running into headaches,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, so I kind of, I was like, I'm looking for somebody that's building their own. For sure. So I can link up with her, build my own, put it together, and let's go.
0: What do you tell a kid that's facing 15 years right now? And it's his first day inside, and he's like, you know what? It's over.
1: It's not. You might got to take the hard route, but it's not. You come home, and you can, you can make something of yourself. You can do it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hell, though. In to find your heaven, but you can do it. Mm. Yeah. What do you tell you?
0: You know after he gets jumped on his what fourth fourth day fourth in there day, yeah yeah what do you what do you tell what do you tell you and that just the guy that just wants to square up with everybody one on one yeah, what do you tell that kid
1: just let go of the anger, I think ultimately that's what what led me that way, you know the whole way, what does he tell you back then mm-hmm, <laughs> not right now. Mm-hmm. I got to do something first. How I got to get this off. Yeah. No question back then, yeah.
0: How do you become a principal?
1: <laughs> Man, working hard, um, being a leader in my family. My wife, she had a dream. I told her if she married me, I'd get her to school. Mm. It took me like two years. Did it? Yeah. When I got her to school, she, she was like, well, you're going to be the, the executive director. You're my husband. You know, you leave the house. You not. I can't be your boss in the school, even though you know, on paper I'm the boss. But you <laughs>
0: how know. do you, how do you co- how do you convince or not even convince really, but how do you tell the, the students uh, that hey, the principal served 17 years in man, prison.
1: they knew. They knew before I could tell them. Yeah, yeah. They were seeing me on the platform and you know the TikToks because I started doing a little t- telling my story, and they had no... Um, and then I remember one time I was doing a demo, getting a what? Getting uh, I think my back wax for the esthetician students. Mm-hmm. They needed a male demo, and one of the students seen my tattoos. Mm-hmm. and She was like, "Oh, my brother's such and such." And yeah, so the, everybody was good with it, and it was crazy because it, it brought a, a place of familiarity and connection. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that school, they've been through a struggle, mm-hmm. yeah, or they know somebody that has. Yeah.
0: This is good work that you, you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, we do grassroots work in there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we teach in more than just beauty. Yeah.
0: Hmm. This is a beauty school.
1: Yeah, and Layers of Beauty Institute, man. But well, we, we teach in financial literacy. We're hooking people up with jobs, resources. Yeah. And if
0: people want to find this school, what do they do?
1: Oh, man, www.lastinglayersofbeauty.com. We're, right. we're in Atlanta, yeah, and we're here. You know, we care about people.
0: What was your first day out like?
1: <laughs> I'm
0: sure the world had changed Bruh. a little bit.
1: My first day home, you gotta, I get locked up in 2003. I think I had a profile on Black Planet. I don't even know <laughs> if anybody going, you, you know, barely, they might've had MySpace. They definitely didn't have Facebook. Nobody was texting. You know, I think they had the Nokia chirps. Mm-hmm. I come home, my wife with my family picking me up. She's put giving me a smartphone. I got messages already. We go to McDonald's. It's tasting like roof crisp. I got an order from the touch screen. I don't know how it works. A kiosk. She, yeah, and then my my wife, she the type. She she gonna try to let me figure it out. I'm like, nah, help me. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, I get my license day one. They trying to get me to drive. I'm like, nah. Mm-hmm. I gotta slow it down. Like mm-hmm. I just did 17, yo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was a good day though. It was. What you know, year was like, it? Uh, phew, 2020, right before the pandemic. Right before the pandemic, bro.
0: You do 17 years in prison.
1: And then the world about to end. And then the
0: day you get out. The world. <laughs> COVID-19. You can't get a break.
1: I come, I come home. <laughs> you got to be locked
0: down in quarantine. Uh,
1: I come home off lockdown and go to lockdown. Yeah. January 13, 2020, I came home. And I remember the tragedy with Kobe, his daughter, and the passengers. And then the world just. That was it. I'm watching the count go up on the news and they locking jobs down. My P.O. talking about you gotta have a job. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know. How? Right. Um, how do you well to be fair, Atlanta didn't
0: shut down. Atlanta didn't give a fuck.
1: Yeah, yeah. Y'all was we out kept, there doing we, whatever. We kept going, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we kept we kept going. You gotta have that hookah. We was at we was at Blue Flame. Oh yeah, we, we, <laughs> yeah. we was going, we was going. Yeah, you could have had a job. Yeah. I had a job, actually. <laughs> I never stopped working. <laughs>
0: um how do you convince people that you're not who you were how do you convince people that the guy that did 17 years in prison isn't a threat to you a harm to you you know what I mean yeah because you feel like you have this stain on you especially in society maybe not at home but in society you feel like you have like this stain so like speak to those people speak to that how do you how do you still or does it still battle or is it still a,
1: a battle just walk different. Don't feed into the stereotypes. Yeah. Um, I came home. I conducted myself as a man. Mm. You know, I was a husband, so I moved as a husband. You mm. know, I wanted to be a leader. I proclaimed that, so I moved as a leader. Mm. Um, if you want different, you got to be different and stop feeding into the negative hype. A lot of it, we choosing to keep going down certain paths. Yeah.
0: That discipline, though, it comes. It comes with a lot of wisdom and yeah, age and
1: the mistakes. Oh yeah, you better bet it. Yeah.
0: Um, how old are you now?
1: Now, 39, getting ready to turn 40. Uh, yeah.
0: And realistically, you only been out for three years.
1: Yeah, three years and some change, yeah, barely.
0: What do you do when that urge, that anger comes back, <laughs> you know, and it tests you, and it tells you to go back to the way you used to live?
1: You know, nobody's nobody's invincible, but I gotta stay conscious to what I had to survive in, and unfortunately, what exists, you know, in some way because of that. Mm. You know, I feel like a part of me is still in prison mode, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, if somebody crosses, but I want to be clear at the same time. I value my freedom so much. It's it's easy for me to kind of, you know, get away from it, and I try to see it from afar too.
0: It's like you talking tough, man. You don't even understand.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had a guy. If he, you know, I'm trying to defuse. I think I'm being a good Samaritan. Guy's cussing out a lady at the store. It's all women around. I'm trying to, hey, chill. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yo, I just did five years in prison. And he's <laughs> shaking. And I'm just looking at him like, all right, yeah. I'm cool, though. I don't want, I don't want no problems, man. I'm chilling.
0: What I'm going to tell you, <laughs> what kind of role did your mother play throughout this whole entire process? Was she a person that turned her back on
1: you? Nah, man, that's mom, that's that's the rock right there. Mom, love. Yeah, she was the only one that never went nowhere, for real. It's yeah.
0: crazy how everybody just
1: turns. Yeah. Everybody turns. Everybody, bro. Yeah. Except for mom. She was there. Only one in the courtroom. Everybody was gone. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Was she someone you could tap into when you was like, ah, I can't do this no more? Uh,
1: it's difficult. I got an older mother, and yeah. she's not really... You know, older generations, they don't really talk about emotions. No, no. You know, so... I had to
0: convince my mother to say, you love me regularly.
1: I know that she did, Yeah, but it's... Right? So, really, for me, when I reached out to her, it was just that familiarity, that Mm -hmm. presence. But I wouldn't let the conversation get too serious. Any
0: PTSD? Of course.
1: Better bet it. What's the
0: Uh, worst? What's the worst it's probably gotten? Man.
1: PTSD, I think... I had to get used to knowing that I wasn't in prison anymore. Mm -hmm. I wasn't inside of a cell anymore. Mm -hmm. You know I wake up with night sweats. Um, You know it's not uncommon guys come home from prison they have panic attacks. We trigger we go through all these traumas and we think it's normal and Mm -hmm. then we come home and we get in a normal scene it's like being after football practice you can start to feel those hits you know and they surface at different times.
0: That whiplash. Yeah, it's, it's crazy on a much smaller scale. Like I remember, I used to like party with my friends all the mm-hmm. time in Brooklyn and go hang out and stuff like that. And like we would always end up like fighting or somebody mm-hmm. would get stabbed or something like yeah. that. It wasn't until I became an adult that I realized people go out to party and they come home just fine. Like they they don't just, they don't fight. They yeah, don't. Yeah,
1: like they have a good time. <laughs> yeah, they, get they their just cars. They come home.
0: I didn't realize that. Yeah. You know, and after, yeah. I remember that sort of shock that I was just like, wow, like we we was just living wrong this whole time. Like yeah. you know much smaller scale, but um, what's your favorite quote?
1: Hmm. I'm not afraid of the dark. That's why I find the light.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. What does that mean for you? Uh, a lot of the work that I do now, presently I'm connecting with people. I'm able to support and, you know, give advice to people that are going through, you know what I went through or darker times, and I feel like you can't really help people unless you've been there, you know, yourself, man. What's something that uh, people
0: would be surprised to know about you?
1: Man, people know I do prison advocacy, um, but I, don't, I do a lot of suicide advocacy. I call it that for a reason. There's a lot of survivors, a lot of people that were possibly on their way out or thinking about it. That you know we connected with, yeah.
0: You not know, sing a song for us? Too much. <laughs>
1: not today, man. <laughs> it's trap, your name My name is Chris Styles. Indeed. Let's get it.